I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. We are back tonight to preview the playoff Sunderland face Lincoln City over two legs to see if they can get back to Wembley for the second time this season. Back to the playoff final um, for the second time in three seasons and uh, back to Wembley for about the millionth time in, in three seasons as well. Lincoln City, obviously, are the team that stand in our way. Joining myself, Stephen Goldsmith, tonight is Gareth Barker, as always. Hello. Hi. And Michael Loft joins us as well. All right. All right. Now, I mean, we do live in strange times when Sunderland are going to let fans into a game and Mickey Loft hasn't got a ticket. So that is a bit of a um, head burst as well. And Gareth as well. You know, it's not like Gareth misses any home games. So strange times indeed. Um, so it's, it's a good place to start, to be honest. It's good the fans are allowed back in, but obviously it's just not. It's not great that there are only 10,000 there because there are lots of fans like your good selves who are very loyal fans who are going to miss out. I guess it's just the way it is. You do. Yeah, I mean, that's just a situation. It's good that people have been fortunate enough to get the tickets and, you know, probably did it the the fairest way possible, really, with the... I think um, so. With with give offering to the people who, you know, renewed, you know, last year, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just that's the situation, isn't it? And it was a free for all on the. I mean, everyone will have been cursing Ticketmaster, um, and it was always going to be crap. But like, it's just there's probably no, no there's no point complaining about it really because it's like, well, it was always going to be rubbish. Yeah. Ticket insights don't don't work, so <laughs> don't tickets, do that. Like, yeah. no matter what event, you ever for... try, yeah, go mm. to any event like high demand event. It's the same. So you know, every the frustrations are the same. It's just the way it is. So you know, it's disappointing, but you know, it'll be good to watch a game on the telly with fans and you know even that noise and that atmosphere is going to be you know it's going to feel nice you know to, to, to experience that and I think it's been saying to me dad yesterday it's just been su- such a surreal sort of season where it almost doesn't feel real and like in a way I haven't been I haven't even thought about the game in the week almost um, because it's just like almost like it's still quite 
just like it's just not been a real season sort of thing. It's just been like a fake season that's been like shoved. Is an element of that because you don't? You, it's an element of that because you don't feel confident. I was just talking to Claire earlier, and she sort of said she's starting to get nervous, and I said I, I'm not yet because this is what we we discussed this last week, didn't we? I think this is sort of like the fifth or sixth playoff campaign I've seen Sunderland involved with, and I'm not. I'm not being negative. <laughs> But I'm being realistic, and uh, uh, it's probably the least I've ever fancied our chances. And again, that's not me being negative. That was probably me being over-optimistic every other time we'd, we'd gone previously. Do you know what I mean? But I did, um, you know, listening to the two, um, so the, the the D3, D4 podcast, and our Rory feature on that, and uh, listening to the um, not the top 21 this morning again as well, and they had some stats guy who'd fed them lo- with loads of info, and they said that... Um, no team in the history of this division had ever gone into the playoffs with form as bad as I was over the last 10 games. So there you go. Something to look forward to, isn't it? Well, you know, I mean, where where do you stand on this, Mickey? Because, you know, form's important, it is. But, you know, are we going to give them the benefit of the doubt here that they just switched off long before the end of the season because it was a strange situation, wasn't it? They didn't really have automatic to go for the last few games and they knew they weren't going to fall out of the playoffs. And, you know, I, I question anybody to say that you're going to be fully, fully motivated in that situation as a player. Yeah. I mean, I hope we can just treat this as we discussed um, last time as sort of a mini tournament. I think my personal feelings on this game is very much how I was before the playoff campaign in 2019, just because... We went into that with, obviously now we've got the certainty in terms of like off-field development. But in 2019, if you remember, that was around the time where like Keith Downey, I think, tweeted out like publicly saying the club was for sale. We were in awful form the back end of the season and had somehow contrived to finish fifth after with seven games remaining. We had two games in hand on Barnsley and we had two games in hand on them. So it was very much like a feeling around the city of like complete despondency and the club had almost given up by not really like pushing any kind of like PR campaign ahead of that Portsmouth game. And there was only around 25,000 there. But once we actually were in the ground that night, the atmosphere was electric. The players really turned up and um, we won the game. And ultimately that was enough to get us through over the two legs. So I'm hoping there's going to be a similar response from both the lads on the pitch and also the people going to the game. will be really like in the mood to go. Hopefully we'll, I know this sounds like ridiculous when we're playing Lincoln in League One, but hopefully we're going to be going into that game on Saturday night with something still to play for. And I think, regard um, if that's the case, rather, I think the fans will go in there with that positivity because of the novelty of being able to go up with game. And I think the atmosphere is going to be really positive. So hopefully, then factors can come together and we can ultimately progress to the final. None of these um, sides have particularly great home form this season. They've both been better away from home. Um... Does the fact fans are back in make a difference to that, Gareth? Do you think it, it, it seems like a quite quite simplistic thing to to blame a, a poor home form on? Not that I was being dreadful, but not being anywhere near good enough for a side who wants to get promoted. But you can't help think that that wouldn't have been the case if there had there been fans there. And that's going to be the same for both teams. Yeah, it's um, you know, despite what some people have you know sort of poisoned the well in in terms of that um, kind of discussion with rubbish about you know our fans you know making it difficult for the players at home to I mean it's a load of rubbish I bet you if you ask any player or you know 99 of 100 players have represented Sunderland over the last however long they'll, they'll tell you that the fans being in makes a massive difference um 
so from a positive perspective, and I think that's what's going to. I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, emotion and and it's, it, there's going to be a, like a different feeling. I think a, a, around it because it is a case of people getting back to something that they've missed for such a long time. I think I'd, I'd like to make your sentiment there, and that you know that that. I think there will be a positive atmosphere. I mean, as long as the, you know, if we get beaten four 0 on the Wednesday night, then I, I, you know, I think there might be a few uh, people not going. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, you know, there might be some extra tickets available. Um, but if, the, if there's a game on, you know, even if we just like, even if we one nil down or a goal deficit after the end of that. You know, I think a bit like the 1998 um, semi-final, which didn't go to actually as well. So there, there's an omen. Um, well, I was two, so I didn't go. Yeah, it's pathetic that thing. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely bouncing that night. Yeah, I know it's not you know, it's not exactly a fresh take for me to say, but you know, it has been widely described as yeah. the atmosphere that that ground's ever seen, and certainly. I can kind of remember like that that one and the first time we played Newcastle at the stadium of like when we drew two two those are the yeah. two games that like stand out where the atmosphere was ridiculous. So you know I was only 16, 17, maybe I'm not remembering it. No, well everyone a lot correctly of do say. So. I think as well the the Seafrack came in didn't it and he had that mist mm-hmm. over the stadium and it was you, you know watching it on the television it did have, and we got two very early goals in that game. Um, to turn the tie around, um, so. But you need a bit of everything because, like you know, that that's interesting. Though, when you're going, and I know we're going back a long time now, a lot doesn't seem it now. Minds, but you know, and this is another thing about form. It's like, you know, I mean, Sunderland were in absolutely blinding form then going into that, and they lost the first game. The Sheffield United, who weren't great that season at all. I mean, they actually beat us. They beat us at their place the first game of the season in the league as well. Yeah. But they weren't great at all. They weren't great at all. But they beat us. And even in the home leg, we turned it around and won two 0 But we had Perez to thank on that occasion yeah. for a couple of yeah. unbelievable saves that night. So it just goes to show, like you know, that game was was closer than a lot of people would have suggested. Um, yeah. We could have had we could have had a hat fell in that not, first half. And, and that was what? And what was that? Like eighty nine points or something? Sudden finish on that season. I think we got ninety. Like I think we got ninety. Yeah, ninety one so, maybe. Norm obviously would normally you would win the league yeah. with that kind of thing, but you know, just goes to show, doesn't it? Um, are we still thinking? Um, we've we Lincoln's the best draw we could have had. I was listening to a Lincoln podcast last week. They're very confident. Um, I mean, to be fair, I'm not sure it's just a Sunderland thing. They're saying they're confident whoever they will play because they're very much blaming their lack of form for injuries, which mm. we could do as well, to be fair. I think my kind of lukewarm take on the kind of two legs coming up is I would prefer to have had the home tie first. I know a lot of people are saying that it would it's a big advantage to have the home leg second, and I would usually agree. But I think in this scenario, obviously, like we're both better away from home. Um so I think that would be quite a good kind of thing to be going into in the in the second leg of a playoff to be playing away from home when we know if we beat them 4-0 away from home in the league and our away form has been very good this season. But not only that, I think the atmosphere, uh, if, if we had the home leg first, would be absolutely electric. If you're going into the game, not with a free hit, but you're going with a blank slate with like you're starting at 0-0. 
Whereas if you go into the Lincoln game on Saturday in the second leg, the fans are going in there knowing exactly what's required. So even if you're winning, you're going in there with that kind of like nervous energy. And if we don't start so well, it won't take long. The fans won't get on the backs, I don't think, but just that kind of like nervousness to spread throughout the stadium. So like I say, I would actually possibly argue it would have been better for us to have the home leg first. Um, maybe. I guess if you if you if you need to get a result and you, you've you built you've got to build it up in in the week, aren't you? And you know the the fans are going to be right behind the team uh, at the start of that game, uh, regardless, really, aren't they? I mean, yeah, I think I, I think it'll be really interesting to see how the the players react. And I think they react in a positive way. I think it's it's probably not a pleasant experience playing in that vast arena um, every week with nobody there. I, I, it can't, I can't understand how that can be enjoyable. Like it would normally enjoyable. be crap if there were only ten thousand fans. I wouldn't know, but the context changes that completely, yeah. doesn't it? Because like normally, like you saw, you know, if this was like a checker trade game or whatever the cup's called, and you had ten thousand fans out, the atmosphere would be crap, wouldn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but context is everything on yeah. on that. Isn't I think it? you said it was, was twenty six at the Portsmouth game in the playoffs last time. Um, and the atmosphere was fantastic. So it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I know Lee Johnson was saying today, the couple of games, sorry, I know Lee Johnson was saying today that was another one of his waffly sentences, which I can't remember the the exact, you know, he was basically going on about how certain players would react um if in a uh, like with with fans, like in a big game or whatever. But he had he had some like buzzwords to, to describe, it and he repeated them a few times. But they've gone out of my head. Um, and he was like saying it'll be interesting to see what happens in the first forty five minutes of the first leg for him to make that judgment, um, which for me seems a bit of a narrow sample. <laughs> um, I mean, if you talk about big game players, I mean. Who's the first name you think of when you think about that? Who who would you who would you say like a a player in that squad who would relish that relish the the, the, the certainly the the two ties? Chris McGuire. Agree. So if he's talking about that type of player, he's. So, I mean, remember at Portsmouth when like he, he had them rattled from like the first two minutes and like the lad threw the ball off his head. You know, he had, he had. As soon as the, as soon as that happened, I knew we, we weren't going to lose that game at Portsmouth, and like, it just set them off like in the wrong way. Like they obviously pumped up for it, and it put it pushed them over the edge in a different way. It's almost like rather than motivate them to succeed in the game, it kind of they got sidetracked with all this stupid stuff. And as we saw, obviously, as the game wore on, it got even more ridiculous. Like with this, you know, the incident in the crowd with the fan and all this kind of thing, and that all started really with Chris Maguire rattling them in the first few minutes. Um, so you know, rather than judging on the forty-five minutes of the Lincoln game, he might want to go back and have a look at those uh, some videos from that game and, and see and see what happened. 
Say podcast is brought to you in association with From the Terraces. Cargo shorts. For a 10% discount, enter the code WMS10 at the checkout stage. Bucket heads. While you do that, check out the From the Terraces podcast presented by Rory Fallow and Matthew Keeling. T-shirts. For more information, search for From the Terraces on social media. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I think the team selection is going to be fascinating because he's, he's, I wish a couple of defenders had had a few more games to play and ease himself in. He's, 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 he said a couple of players are going to be injured, isn't he? But he's not saying who. I saw that. And um, I just hope it's not too damaging. Because um, I know the Lincoln have been saying that they've got a full squad to choose from for the first time this season, arguably. Um, at the Link, I don't know lots about Lincoln. not going to pretend I do. But I do know that you know, sort of like their, their threat. Uh, you know, George Grant is the, is, the, is the main man in midfield for them, isn't he? And he, he has looked very tidy when I've seen him play previously. And Liam Broodcutt's there, of course, as well as alongside him, isn't he? And, I think Brennan Johnson's a winger who the who they're very um, enthused over there as well um, at Lincoln, but I don't know a lot um, beyond that. Isn't that uh, the son of the lad who used to play up front for Nottingham Forest? Tommy Johnson. No, no. I'm trying to remember what he was called. He might have played in that. He played for Ipswich and um, Forest around the time around 1998. Oh, actually. David Johnson. David Johnson. Yeah, I'm sure it's his son. Is it? You know. It could be. Shall I Google it and be Possibly, told I'm yeah. wrong? No, you. I, I have. Um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm, sure <laughs> I'm sure we must be right. Oh, it's, just, a just thing to get. Like... it's a random thing not to be right about. So uh, we'll take we'll, we'll take you take your word for it. Uh, that is as far as my knowledge goes on Lincoln. To be fair, I have been impressed with that George Grant in particular when when he's played against us in the past. But um, I think I'm with you, Mickey. I think I think. I'm I would rather play at home first. I think that's something Craig mentioned before. Um, you know, our home form hasn't been great. I, I, I would. It's obvious why you would normally want to be away first because you think don't get beat, then you, you bring them back and play a second at home. But I, I'd, I think, I think you're right. I think the fans going there first with a clean, clean slate, a nil, 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 would would get us over the line. And I think we would protect any sort of win at Lincoln because we've been all right away from home. And we, they would have to come at us and we could hit them on the counter. It was, it's going to be interesting to see how we approach as our first game, isn't it? Um, 
I don't. I don't think Link I, I, will I change think the need... way they're playing either game. Well, the well, well, probably like, not. And, and, and that's quite set with gonna, it. Yeah, and that's fine for us. I think. I think it makes it easier for us to plan how we're going to play the how we're going to play in the game, and we probably can be comfortable in the knowledge that they are going to be open. Which is mm-hmm. great for us because of the like well, our main issues being breaking teams down who you know who compact so an open team but I think we're much more comf- much much rather play one of them at the moment get the confidence up then if you get to the final then you know you that's it then you it's one hit one off game mm-hmm. is it going to be better to so, like, do, do you think it's going to benefit us having, like, you know, I know we've got the number, sheer volume, number of fans, but like you mentioned there, it's a massive ground. Or is it going to be better for someone like Lincoln who's got, like, 4,000 fans in, in a quite a small ground? I guess we won't know until we see it unfold, but, like... They've got about 3,000. They've got, I think, is it three, three and a half or 3,700 or something? Yeah. yeah. yeah something but like it's that. a small ground. It's a really small ground. Yeah. Where like you've got to you've got to bear in mind as well like the ten thousand if the ten thousand was just in the lower ball at the stadium at like you'd be thinking yeah. oh you you can really make a racket but the, the f- certainly for when I was looking when I got my ticket to see like the majority were up up at the top mm. so they are going to be really spread about aren't they? So think, well, we won't know will we till we yeah. till till we it's try it be, yeah it's going to be um, a very different experience and I hope people. You know, I hope people. You know, there was a lot of talk after the the Wembley finals and so about supporters not being loud enough or whatever, and people casting, you know, judgment on people. You know, it's a very, it's going to be a really unusual situation for supporters. I mean, was it like you got to get in if you're in an odd row? You've got to get in in between ninety and forty-five minutes before kickoff and go straight to your seat. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are going to be bored stiff by kickoff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going to have to sit there and for for an hour and a half for the game to start. I mean, that's never going to happen. By the way, people like just rock up for 50 minutes and then to go and get try and get in, which you know is understandable in a way. But that is going to be interesting to see if it like if every say if everyone got in around with like half an hour to go to kickoff and everyone was just in the seats. And how that, what the atmosphere might do, like how that could build. Do you know what I mean? It, it's different. It's going to be a very different sort of start of the game. Yeah, and the pub, it'll be good that the pubs will be open as well and people yeah. will be in the pubs for it. So hopefully, Sunland's a good night out after that. It's a good Saturday night for everyone. Are you going to watch the other playoff games and get yourselves in the mood? Start tonight, don't you? Mm-hmm. Obviously, depending on when you listen to this, but. Time of recording the first championship game is due to go at night. Any preferences in particular? Who you who you want? Should we get through the final? And I'm not taking it for granted, but it's just another topic of conversation. Um, you know, we quite we could quite easily quote a link, and I'm well aware of that. But any any preferences? You think in Oxford, surely? Oxford. Out of the two. Yeah. You as well, Mick. You're on mute, Mick. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, yeah, I definitely want Oxford out of the two of them. Just for the same reasons that we said, I think Blackpool will be quite pragmatic yeah. and I think in a one-off game, I think it would be, well, yeah. be quite yeah. tough to break down. Yeah, whereas Oxford, I almost think Oxford will get themselves too fired up as well because Carl Robinson weighs a prick in he? So like, he's just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it, I think... It's the name of the episode. Yeah. I think um, 
Oxford are the only team to score against us this season on a counter-attack. We've conceded, I'm sure, I don't think we've conceded a goal on the break in the last few games since Oxford. But up to, up to the last few games, because looking at this, when, with, with the stats around the set-pieces and the conversation about how we're late goals from set-pieces, obviously we're conceded... Um, one from the corner against Blackpool, which was like a ridiculous volley from the edge of the box. And then we conceded the free kick against Northampton. Um, but yeah, I believe the only goal we've conceded from a counter-attack was against Oxford this year. So a good goal as well, it'd be fair. It was, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, that I guess they're probably halfway between Blackpool and Lincoln and they get in the way they'd approach the game, probably open with the ball and try and get out quickly. Um, so if you win the ball back quickly against them with the press, then you're probably going to get chances. Um, so, yeah, def- but yeah, definitely Oxford. I don't I don't think Blackpool are miles better than us. I just think psychologically this season, it's, they've been definitely a bogey team, haven't they? I don't think they've done, they've been any they don't think they've been particularly spectacular when we've played them, mm. but they've just managed to. I'm trying to think what I should have. What I should have done was a bit more prep and looked at our form against the sides who we were going into the playoffs against in previous years. That would have been a nice little feature. So see if I can remember it. To be honest, because Sheffield United, as I've said, we was quite eight, so we lost there, and um, but we beat them at home in the league quite comfortably. I think we won four one or something. Um Crystal Palace, we under Mick McCarthy, we actually lost there about three 0 didn't we? Um we beat them at home two one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but we lost, didn't we, um away quite comfortably. I think they stuffed us about three 0 just a few weeks before. Yeah. So um we all, was never that. had a good time at Selhurst Park until no. recently where it seems to be quite a fruitful uh place to visit. Portsmouth um, recently we didn't we hadn't beaten them had we we lost obviously on in the final on penalties and we lost Fratton Park and we drew at home mm-hmm. um, trying to think which other campaigns has been um, is, is that it recently then, then Swindon so going back away um, mm, I don't know about that Swindon um, um, we definitely beat them away from home because I think it was the opening game of the season so I think we did alright there as well I think the conclusion of that is it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's quite mixed, isn't it? I don't think uh, that gives us anything miserable at all to go off, does it? There's no correlation there. Like nah, it's, uh... nah, nah. And I, I don't know what people say, you know, and, and it is hard to look past a team that fly into the playoffs in form. And if that was the case, it would be Oxford, and yet nobody seems to be fancying them. But they're the ones, really, who were who were winning all of the games. Mm. I just I just think context that just it's too simplistic to say that, isn't it? Like it removes context. And and, and Crystal Palace is one of the examples used when they did get promoted to the Premier League. Um when they knocked us out in the semi-finals because they were in the relegation zone around Christmas, I believe. And then they they were like a train at the beginning of the season and they um sneaked into the playoffs with a ridiculous run of form where they went and they did get promoted. But we all know, as we've mentioned many times <laughs> A referee, a dodgy referee decision, or the fact they changed the away goals rule, yeah. uh, and they would be out, and we would have beat them. So um, it's, uh, yeah. I think, it, what's it, your away goal rule this time around? By the way, because they do seem to change it every time. 
Don't think there is one. I don't know. Mm. I don't think they've used away goals no, playoffs for ages. since since then, have they? Since is then, uh, yeah. Don't think they've had away I'm goals. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure on that, but I think that was the scrapped it then. No. I don't think it's gone yeah. back since. No, I think they changed scrapped it then. That's been it since. I don't like away goals personally, mind in in any in any format I like champ, champ, Champions League, any any competition because every game is different. It's got its own story. It's got its own context. And yes, like overcoming being away from home is something, but I just I just don't think it should be the difference think, between between. I, I think it's a it's a really antiquated idea, isn't it? Though it goes yeah. back to the days where you used to like, have to travel like behind the iron curtain and stuff like that. Yeah, like, it's it's yeah, it's I don't like it at all. I can't believe anybody ever used it because you know a one nil game can be very different to a four three game, and there's no way just because that you know the the two teams are involved in very different games to each other. And you know, just because one of them happens to be a high scoring game for whatever reason, like the team that's playing away from home that game shouldn't be, you know, given any sort of advantage for that. But well, I, I don't know. We'll I all more think in, I think in Europe it's different. I think because you've got, it, I think you've got you know, when you get to that stage of a European competition. But the, I think it isn't the idea to encourage you know open but when play. It, it, when it, play, isn't it? That's yeah, that's the idea because obviously if you go away from home and shut up shop and get a nil-nil or whatever and then I'd argue though it produces more cagey football because if you're at home first it's better to like win it's almost better to draw nil-nil than win 2-1 in a way it's sort of way yeah I know what you mean when I was a kid I actually in the first time I heard that I actually thought that they counted double so I thought that <laughs> the away goals count double was the old yeah, phrase that the they used yeah. and I actually thought that they counted double I think Manchester United beat Benfica 3-1 or something in the cup and I, it wasn't just me and I remember in primary school the conversation was like I think they won 3-1 or something away from home and then the conversation was like so they're actually winning 6-1 <laughs> <laughs> and that was what I thought <laughs> not, for very, not for very long but I definitely did think that for a small time well it's a stupid saying isn't it away goals count yeah. double because they don't really do they you know, you don't, you don't. I've never seen them add it up and saying, "Well, that's the score now." And it's like, whatever team progresses on, they just say they go through and away goals, don't they? Yeah. So, any any final thoughts? Any how confident are we going at this then? Because it's down. I still sense that, like, people are chuffed to go to the goal of the match now again, but I still just said generally that the mood's down and flat a bit because of the way the season finished. The expectation of something League One will always be get automatically promoted, and the it message will. from within and the message from within the club consistently from every manager we've ever had since we've been here to the owners has been if we don't get automatically promoted, the season's been a failure. The expectation is, ha- is that we get 100 points. Jack Ross said, If we don't get automatically promoted or get promoted, I've failed. Lee Johnson told about us winning the league when he got here. He said the goal is to win the league, not get promoted, to win the league. So when that's the messaging, I'm not saying that shouldn't be the case or they shouldn't approach you in that manner. I think it's when it doesn't happen, it feels like the season's kind of over. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're in the playoffs, and that's strange because the playoffs is almost... It's not a bonus after not getting automatically promoted. It's a, it's just a reminder that you didn't make the top two. And if you don't get promoted in the playoffs, then it's been an even bigger failure. So I think it's that. There's an underlying sort of 
negative well, because you, further you, negativity you've, attached to failure. I think that's what this it is. it. You've got the opportunity to fail twice, haven't you? Ultimately. Yeah. yeah. But that's what the that's why it's so negative. And like we talked about last week, it's not like having that grand prize of a Premier League. Ultimately, if we get promoted, we're still going to be promoted to a level below what our natural level should be. So I can completely understand the lack of excitement. And but I do think if we get a result on Wednesday, everybody will be going into the game in the build the Saturday, really like looking forward to being able to go again. And if you can't go, like I say, being able to like meet up with your mates in town, and have a few beers and stuff like that, and have that match day feel again, rather than this season feeling like really kind of detached from it all. Like you said at the start of the show, Gareth, I do think that this coming up the Saturday, providing we're still in the contest, will feel really real. And I think that so I think. I can understand like levels of enthusiasm being low for now. But like I say, as Saturday comes around, I think people will be getting more and more kind of excited about the prospect of the game. Yeah, as long as you don't blow up, like we said, 4-0 or something on Wednesday. Um, I think I knocked myself off mute there. Right there. Um, yes, so are we going to are we gonna take a decent result back at the Stadium of Light is a question I've got without asking for solid, direct score predictions. Yeah. 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 I think so too. It's got one one written all over this Wednesday game, hasn't it? That'll be a good result for once. A would. one one would be yeah, a good result. Yeah, it would. Just do what you've been doing for the last three years and then it'll be a good <laughs> result. Yeah. I just think what I what I wanna see is go in, you know, if we come if we come away and we're one down, it's not the end of the world. I'm not saying that I think that's gonna happen. What I wanna see is a performance. I wanna mm-hmm. see Totally. From I want to see the team before Easter that look yeah. capable of beating teams at will. That's mm-hmm. what I want to see. Um, and if I see that and we're still in the game on the Saturday, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, if we don't play, if we don't play at that level, you can forget about getting the final. Yeah, no, because we're yeah. going to have to. Yeah. because we're going to have to play. We're playing against level. the better teams now, it needs to be. Yeah. It needs to be. Um, you know, it needs to be. Good performances, three good performances to um yeah. to get us through, right? Well, um, well, three three one ones and penalty and some wins on penalties would be the perfect way to go. I think it would be draw both legs one one, win on penalties, get the final, draw one one, win on penalties, go up. That I think I could handle it. Don't think I could handle it. That's the dream. It's a bloody nightmare. I couldn't handle that. I just think it would be. I just think it's poet, nice and poet, yeah. poetic. It would be a poetic. It would end be. To our it would be. It would be quite funny to say the the one one the way to promotion. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Right. I wonder if the team's ever done that. They've like, got through the playoffs without winning the game. I think the have. I'm sure I've. Did yeah. Portugal get to the um <laughs> the final of the. Um, Euros and without winning a game, I think the big until Wales, the final, the big, the big Wales, and oh, the, the big Wales in the semi, didn't and that was the, first, the semis. Yeah, no, game. that was the first game. The one in ninety minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, they finished third in the group. Yeah, absolute disgrace that was. <laughs> third in your group, <laughs> be, yeah. given I know it's not. The, I know it's not the playoffs, but just funny, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be, I, I'd be amazed if that wasn't the case, Mick. Um, that a team had, had drawn all three games or something and went through. It must, that must be the case. It must be the case, right? The lads will be back um, to review the game and to look over it and then to preview the second leg later in the week. So fingers crossed we've got a good result and um, hopefully we we will see some of you in the ground. And thanks for listening.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.